Hey guys, it's Shayna of the Prayer Podcast, welcoming you guys back for another week of prayer together. Um, I want to say a couple things. I want to say thank you so much. People have been reaching out to me um, on Instagram at the Prayer Podcast and offering condolences and prayers for my uncle, which really does mean a lot. So I'm very, very, very grateful um, for your your prayers and your selflessness. Um and if you need any prayer, if you just want to talk, if you need some Christian counsel, quote unquote, um, not Christian counseling, like I'm not a licensed counselor or anything like that. But if you just need somebody to talk about and pray with you certain situations, um, yeah, hit me up on Instagram. And I have a really cool, I think, tip of the day or just information. So I'm reading this book by Max Lucado, L-U-C-A-D-O. I'm not good at pronouncing people's names, yeah. Um, but it's called Before a Man, The Power of a Simple Prayer. I got it from the library and um, just kind of browsing through it. It's a really easy read. And he says some really interesting things about prayer that I thought that we may be able to take away from. And then we'll get right into the, the scripture, which the scripture comes from um, this book. So, again, it's called The Power of Prayer. He talks about like sometimes prayer could be really awkward because it feels like we're speaking into space, which I thought that phrase speaking into space was so true because nobody's actually talking back to you. Right. So you're like, okay, am I done or no? Um, but he says that Jesus gave stunning promises based on prayer and that if we look at prayer and how Jesus found the importance of prayer, even for himself being the divine, right. Being one with Christ and being the, um, basically their physical being of the Holy Spirit, he still found prayer to be extremely important and did that often. And because of his prayer life and the strong prayer life he had, he could do a lot of miracles, but he really defied storms. Um, He talks about to be open to prayer. There is no way to miss pray. And that his time in prayer has become a time of power. So, he gave what he called a pocket prayer, which was a very um, relatable, I guess maybe the right word, prayer from that was kind of taken from um, Luke 11 verses 1 through 4, which is our scripture today, Luke 11 verses 1 through 4. But his prayer says, Father, you are good. I need help. Heal me and forgive me. They need help. Thank you in Jesus name. Amen. And God hears that he fills in all the gaps that who the day is and what the help looks like and all those things like you don't have to explain it to God. He knows all things. He's known it from the beginning. And so our prayer is not to inform God. It's not to like, you know how you call your mom and be like, all right, mom, so listen, what happened was and you're informing her of a situation. God already knows But it's to A, inform yourself about the truth of the situation, which is why we can be brutally honest with God in that moment. It's like, God, this is how I really feel. Like I tell my friends, girl, I'm not checking for him. You know, he got a girl, blah, blah, blah. And you can tell God, like, God, I still love him. This hurts me. I'm really tempted. I don't know what to do with these feelings. I'm thinking about getting back with him, even though, even though I know what I know. And I also know there's things about him I don't know. Like, you can be so clear with God and the Holy Spirit will give you revelations and strength. 
Um, so he talks about how prayer starts with an honest, oh, daddy, like Lord. And it's not always Lord, my master. It's like daddy, father. Um, and the Bible calls in Matthew 6, 9, Abba. Abba is a tender word for father. It's the warmest word for father, the least formal way. So it's like how you would talk to your best friend times 100 is the relationship we're supposed to have with our father. I don't have that relationship with my natural father. So I'm learning that through my spiritual father. But really, it's just supposed to be this like outpouring of childlike vulnerability. Um, So God prefers the greeting. God, you are my daddy and I am your child. And he tells us that God is low on fancy and high on accessibility. When the Bible tells us to pray and he tells us to go into our closets, that really meant like go into the supply room, go into like the lowest, you know, the janitor's closet. It wasn't like go into your fancy den and your remodeled kitchen. It was like the place where you try to close that door so nobody can see your closet that has all your dirty clothes in it. Go in there and pray. And talk to the Lord because the prayer in your backyard is just as effective as the prayer at the Vatican. You know, it's God can hear it everywhere you are. So um, the father knows what you need before you ask in Matthew six verses seven through eight. And so he basically says this whole book is really good and I'm still just diving into it. So I will put on my stories on Instagram some quotes and some um, excerpts and even a picture of the book. I'll put that up just in case you want to read it with me. Um, But he basically says to sum up the first two chapters, resist the urge to complicate prayer. Don't take pride in well-crafted prayers and don't apologize for incoherent prayers. No games, no cover-ups, just be honest to God. So I just was kind of like blown away at the simplicity, but the power in the conversation of prayer. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to read through Luke, which is our prayer for today. And then we're going to kind of see how we can entangle that with the pocket prayer, meaning the simplicity of prayer that's broken down in the first two chapters of this book. So. Luke 11, one through four says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Lead us not into temptation. Now we know that verse keeps going, but um, I think that's enough for us to to begin our prayer today. Lord, we are so happy that you allowed us to see another day as children of God. We come to you and we say, Father, you are good. I need help. Heal me. Forgive me. They need help. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And we know that you will fill in those gaps for us. Lord, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Keep us alive with all the things that we need. Keep us forgiven and help us to forgive other people. 
keep us safe and keep our family safe from the devil who wants to devour us. God, you remind us that we should be like children who are vulnerable, who may not have all the vocabulary that we deem necessary, but they know enough words to get the message across. They may not say, may I please have a cookie, the Oreo cookie. They may say cookie, and we know what that means. They can use one word, and it is enough to give us an entire um, message, an entire sentence, an entire understanding of their desires. The same thing is true for you. We can come to you and say help. And one word to help means to you that, Lord, we need help with our finances. We need help with our relationships. We need help with our mood. We need help with our job. We need help with our kids. We need help with anxiety. We need help with our mental health. We need help with our physical health. We need help with our um, addiction. We need help. We need help. We need help in whatever area, in all the areas and but, as I like to say, all the things we need help with, God. So help us to not be caught up in vocabulary, caught up in language that is constructed by culture. And, and what do I mean by that is that, you know, back in the day, they made us say, thou art good. And that is colloquialism. And now we say, you are good. And some people say, you be good. And however you say it from wherever you from, it means the same thing. So we don't want to get so high and mighty about the word choice or the sentence structure or diction or whatever, but we want to be able to come to you with an open heart, vulnerable, with childlike wonder, desiring the truth of you, wanting to see the face of you, Father. We thank you for peace when we pray that we don't have anxiety about what we're going to say, that our minds don't wander to other things that, as my mama said, you can keep your head where your feet are, which means that we can stay focused on what's in front of us and that we won't be so sidetracked with all the things going around, the things our to-do list that we didn't do, or the way that we perceive God or feel about our sins, that we're not able to come to you open-hearted, and repent when repentance is necessary, um, to fret when that's necessary, to ask why when that's necessary, because you are a good father. And any father that won't let you gain understanding is not a good father. And not to say that means they're a bad father, but they're not following in the steps of God because you allow us to get understanding and clarity. And even if the answer is, because I said so right now in the moment, or you will understand in the future or whatever that looks like. But God, you let us come to us and be ourselves. Lord, so many people are struggling with who they are and who you want them to be and how you want them to be. And I don't have all the answers. I don't know how God feels about a lot of things. But Lord, I know what you feel about me. And from that, I can grow and go deeper in my love walk with you. So let people know, God, let them have conviction and understanding about how you feel about them. That you love them, that they are the apple of your eye, that there was no one better than them. That them comparing themselves to other people is God comparing himself to God because you love us all equally. And why would Jesus say, oh, although I am divine as God I am equal to God I am a joint heir I am a whatever God is better God is cuter God is no Jesus didn't look at God or look at the Holy Spirit and say compare himself he said that all three of us are necessary all three of us exist in um in oneness 
I explained to my niece in this way. You have water, you have ice, you have steam. They don't look at each other like, I wish I was the liquid version of myself. No, they understand that there is a time and a place that you need ice. There's a time and a place that you need water. And there's a time and a place where you need steam. And all of them have a purpose in our lives, in our world, in our everyday. So don't let us look at our brother and sister and say, oh my gosh, I wish I was a model. I wish I was a singer. I wish I was a dancer. I wish I was an artist. I wish I was an astronaut or a lawyer or a doctor. I wish I was smart or tall or pretty or darker or lighter. I had different eyes. I had different butt. I had different X, Y, Z, fill in the blank because we always want something that is something else. We can look at ourselves and say, I look like Christ. I'm a reflection of Christ. God made me in his image. And we can look at our brother or sister and say, you are also a reflection of Christ. God also made you in his image. That is not a, I have to put myself up and put you down. I have to put you up and put me down. But we all can be up in Christ because there is enough for all of us. There's enough room at the table that God has prepared for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I bind the the mantra that you need a seat at the table that man has built. That table is flimsy, child. It ain't hanging on but nothing with a wing, a prayer, and a paper clip. I don't want to sit at that table because that table is corrupt. That table will fall. That table is built on on shaky ground. I want a table that the Lord has prepared before me, for me, before my enemies. I want a table that is built by the granite and wood and all the the stuff i don't know nothing about building stuff but i want a table that the lord has built before me i do not want a table that's built from straw that looks good that looks stable that looks like it is um flourishing but really it is only a matter of time before that table falls I want a table that took a long time to build, that it took some ingenuity to create, that it is creatively made, that it is a one of one custom piece and custom ain't quick. Hello. Some of us ain't never had nothing custom. We never had nothing created just for us. Everything we have has been mass produced, man made quick, fast, in a hurry. But when you got a custom suit, when you have a custom ring, when you have a custom house, when you have a customized car, when you have something that was created just for you, a one of one, then you understand that custom takes time. Custom ain't quick, but custom is worth it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for the custom table. We bind the table that people talking about bring folding chairs and only all these men. Keep your little table. Keep your funky little table because that's not what we are seeking. We are not seeking material gain. We are not seeking what the world defines as success. We are not seeking good Instagram pictures and and a bunch of, you know, quotes and get rich quick schemes. We are not seeking to glorify being in shambles and, and sinning and, and cutting corners and robbing one person to pay another and Ponzi scheme. We're not glorifying none of that. We're not glorifying putting other people down to make ourselves feel better. We're not glorifying treating people like trash as long as it ain't me. I ain't got no skin in the game. We're not glorifying feel like we better than other people or persecuting other people. We don't glorify the table that man has built. We are asking God to show us how to have skin in the game how to pick up our cross and follow him to build a table that is a divine table that has 
been ordered by the Lord that will stand the test of time, that will expand to allow every single person that God has ever created to have a seat and have a voice and have a purpose and have a mission and have an answer to a problem that can be in harmony and oneness and peace that allows different languages and races and ethnicities and genders and churches and cities and states, whatever it is, to have a seat at God's table because we are created in his image. I have never read in the Bible what a Lord's Supper they was like, and we only had three seats for these three men, and everybody else had to get in where they fit in. No, everybody was at the table. Everybody was communing. Now, listen, all five million people wasn't invited to that particular table, but the the symbolism of that table is that you had the 12 disciples at the table. You even had the person who was going to betray Jesus at the table. Lord, that is a word. The enemy was at the table. A, because God loves even his enemies and we should love our enemies as well. Did that mean that we have to, you know, feed into the the uh, schemes of the enemy? No, 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 no. It means that God would give you spiritual eyes the same way that Jesus knew who was his enemy. God would give you spiritual eyes to see your enemy and give you wisdom on how to interact with your enemy. The same way the Lord gave him wisdom um, on how, to, how Jesus had wisdom on how to interact with his enemy. God will give you opportunities to serve the enemy so they will see the God in you and know that no matter what they got going on, the God in you is greater than the scheme that they are allowing the enemy to do through their lives. The same way that Judas knew that Jesus was bigger than that scheme. Help me, Holy Spirit. And how can God say God said that he prepared a table before our enemies? If our enemies ain't at the table, they won't see the table that the Lord prepared. God helped us to be clear that I'm not saying that you go kick it with your enemies, that you know people who mean you no good, that you like, yes, let's go to the party. Yeah, let's go out to eat. No, 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 no. That means that you can't be so anti, no new friends. Or once you see uh, a bad vibe or, or, or something that's not a, that's not hundred percent right that you cut them off because the Lord has a message in that. And what we do instead of cutting people off, instead of calling them out, posting on Instagram, da 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 da, instead of telling your friends, uh-uh shit. No, no, no. Instead of that, you ask the Lord, Lord, how would you want me to handle this? Do you want me to cut them off? Do you want me to welcome them in? How do you want me to, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Because it's time out for this surface Christianity that merges a Drake song and the Bible. That's that's not real. No shade to Drake, but he ain't Jesus. No shade to Shana, but she ain't Jesus. I mean, hey, listen, let's let's throw it out there for everybody to hear. Help us, Lord, to know how to ask at the table that you're building, who to invite at the table that you're building, how to serve at the table that you're building. Help us, Holy Spirit, is deeper than what we see. I hear that now, God. It's deeper than what we know. It's more to it. It's not these games that we're trying to play to make people think we got it all together. It's our brokenness that's beautiful. Because God said, in your brokenness, I am a healer. Lord, forgive me for only seeing healing as a physical healing. If you break your arm, the Lord will heal you. If you have this disease, the Lord will heal you. And I've been struggling about the idea of healing because of my uncle being so sick. But Lord, even though I'm still not 100% clear on the message and, and the lesson in that situation in my life, 
I know that you're still talking to me and you're working on me. But Lord, I thank you that you help me see healing as a universal thing. That when I was born, I was born broken. And so I I need healing from being born, period. My salvation is a healing, but it's also something I have to work on every day when these cracks and these bruises and these bumps that the world is going to give us happen. Lord, you said that you will heal us. You will make us whole. You will restore us. You will give us the years that the locusts ate up that you will not only give our physical body uh, um, healing, but our mental, my mentality, our vocabulary, our interactions, our relationships, our broken pieces, our spiritual brokenness, our church hurt, our parental hurt, our daddy issues, our mommy issues, our addictions, our wants, our needs, our flesh. You can heal all things. Thank you, God, for being the God of a healer. Thank you, God, for being the God that prepares the table. Thank you, God, for being the God that says, come as you are and and come with childlike vocabulary. Help, and you will do the rest. Please, more, just simple terms allow you to come in and be the God of all things. So as we go back to our pocket-sized prayer before we close, God, I want to say Father. I want to say Daddy. I want to say Abba. I want to say Lord. I want to say friend. I want to say confidant. I want to say person I can lean on and be honest with. I want to say me, an extension of me, the creator of me, the better parts of me, the God in me. I want to ask you, Father. You are good. You are peace. You are mercy. You are understanding. You are forgiveness. You are loyalty. You are honesty. You are positive vibes, good thinking. You are are a hype man. I I love a hype man. When you see me, God, you say, yes, it's you doing that. You killing it, work it. Like you are, you are good. I need help. I ain't understanding. I need clarity. I need freedom. I need decisiveness. I need um, a change. I need some revelation. God, I need help. Heal me. Change my mind. Give me spiritual eyes. Give me understanding. Let me see what's going on. Give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Give me truth. Heal me from my broken scars and my innate brokenness from humanity and my brokenness from past relationships and my brokenness from lies and my brokenness from being bitter and my brokenness from jealousy and my brokenness from comparison and my brokenness from frustration heal me and forgive me for sinning forgive me for these evil thoughts forgive me for even considering and contemplating um sin forgive me for looking at my sister and being like oh no i'm cuter than her oh i don't understand how she got him oh i'm smarter than her oh i'm bad oh i'm 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 to put somebody else down even if they don't know it i know i did that you know i did that forgive me forgive me for lying forgive me for cheating forgive me for stealing forgive me for coveting forgive me for for the my flesh forgive me they need help my friends in Sudan need help. My brothers and sisters at the border of the United States need help. My people in jail need help. I'm, Lord, I know I'm convinced there is a deep hole that in some federal prison that terrorists are in or 
or it's folks in places that we don't know about. They need help. It's people who are kidnapped. They need help. It's people who are being held hostage. They need help. It's people who are being abused. They need help. It's people who are being lied to. They need help. It's people who are being molested. They need help. There are people who are entitled, who feel like things are supposed to happen for them because they are them. They need help. It's people who are persecuting other people. They need help. There are people who genuinely think they're better than other people. And you have, God has a higher call or love them more or anything. They need help. There are people who are um, perverting the word of God. They need help. There are people who think they're doing the right thing and they're pleasing to you, but they are so lost. And we all are on that track and they need help. Help us all in our thinking. I say all that to say we all need help. There are people who who say, you know, I'm going to cheat on this test. I ain't got time to study. They need help. There's people who need money to pay for school. They need help. There are people in relationships and they don't know what to do next. If it's right or wrong, stay or go up or down. They need help. Insert what you need help in right here. Help God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for promising that you would do it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for wanting. Thank you for loving. Thank you for welcoming us. Thank you for saying we can lay on your shoulder. Thank you for giving us clarity. Thank you for understanding, Lord. Thank you for our friendships and our family. Thank you for ourselves. Because if we got nobody else alive, we got us. Thank you for our mind. Thank you for people who are doing research into um medical health issues that can help thank you for who volunteer their time thank you for our pastors thank you for this land thank you for a place to be able to speak freely thank you for boldness and courage thank you for us seeing our neighbor and not turning a blind eye thank you for the bible because there's people who lived and wanted to be pleasing to you and then had a bible and i'm not really sure how they did it but i thank you god i thank you for people loving ourselves i thank you for our abilities to use our body insert your gratefulness here thank you lord for the money for our jobs so we keep getting paid and that we can People are granting, Lord, we thank you right now. The hearts and the minds and the wallets of people are opening up to invest in communities that may not be their communities because they know that that's your communities. They see a need and they're asking you how to fill it in excellence and not to be somebody's savior, but to be a vessel to be used by Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, the one who died on the cross as thieves would die, but he was perfect in every way. The one who left Emmanuel, the one who reminded us to love others and to love others as we love ourselves and that you loved us and who came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, that, that broke the chains and the bondage that overcame the enemy that left us with um, a an account of how to act and things that he did, who loves on his community, who loves his mother, who loved his family, who loves us, who never even met, that wasn't even contemplated. In Jesus' name, it is finished. In Jesus' name, it is done. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of the prayer podcast. I hope that prayer really blessed you. And again, I'll take a picture of the book that I'm reading right now and put it on my stories on um, the prayer podcast. If you missed the story, then just DM me and I'll see the picture or it'll be saved in a highlight um, on my page. So thank you so much. 
if you need anything, DM me. And two things. Firstly, remember that if you don't think anybody else is praying for you in the world, I'm praying for you. And you can pray for yourself, honey. Listen, those prayers are just as powerful as anybody else. Honey, lay hands on yourself. Talk over yourself. Pray for yourself. Be about your own business with the Lord. And then secondly, remember that obedience is God's love language. It's hard. It's grimy. It's confusing. It feels it feels counterintuitive. It goes against your flesh. It's frustrating. It's selfless. It's annoying sometimes because it's not what we want to do, but we know this is what we should do. Obedience is God's love language. Please obey. He wants us to obey. Um, and I'm talking to myself at this point, but it's still relevant. All right, guys. Love y'all so much. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.